Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sports Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Good afternoon, everyone. Great to have your company. Thanks to the boys, uh, Mardo and Hayes, for the run home. They're back again tomorrow between 3 and 5. Peter Vlahos with you uh, here on Sports Day WA, wherever you may be listening, here at SEN 657 in Perth, on Spirit 621 in Bunbury in the southwest, also on the Goldfields at 1611. You may be on the SEN WA app, but on DAB Plus Radio at SEN Peel. Great to have you on board. Now... Can I ask you one question? When you used to go and play cricket, and you might be still playing cricket, and you used to go into the nets to bat, what were the two things that you were told by your coach? Now, we didn't have batting coaches and bowling coaches and fielding coaches. We were playing community cricket. But what were the two things that you were told by your batting coach that you need to get right to be successful to be a batsman? I know what they are. I know what I was told. I played cricket for many, many years. Can you get it on the Tempera Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736, and tell us if you're going to survive as a batsman, if you're going to treasure your wicket, and if you want to occupy the crease, you need to do these two things. And clearly, clearly, the Australian test team and some of the batsmen have got no idea. They have got no idea about occupation of the crease and trying to keep the opposition bowlers out. It's not as if they're running out of time and they need to try and get India in to win the test match. There's another two days to go. And if they're ever going to basically try and etch out some sort of result, then occupation of the crease is the number one priority, even if you score one run and over and try and bleed as many overs in time as you can. I couldn't believe what I saw yesterday. And we're going to speak to Ian Healy in just a moment, okay? Some further news coming out of India. Let me tell you what it is. For tyre power, buy three, get one free on selected Falcon tyres during tyre power's best buys of big brands. Uh Regarding the Australian career team, they're going from bad to worse over there. Dave Warner, Josh Hazelwood look like returning and they're joining skipper Pat Cummings in flying home from India. As we heard earlier, Cummings will fly home from the tour due to a family illness. And it appears that Dave Warner looks set also to be sent home in order to recover from a fractured elbow injury. He sustained during the first innings of the second test. And as well as that, Josh Hazelwood has failed to overcome the Achilles injury, which has seen him sidelined since the New Year's test in Sydney. And he'll be ruled out entirely for the remainder of the series. So it goes from bad to worse when it comes to the Australian cricket team. 
All right, let's just get a couple of texts out on the Tempera Bedshed text machine. 0487 736 736. We've got one here. Uh, leg stance. Well, Roy, it's not much. so much the stance. You take guard. But when I was playing cricket, my coach said I needed to do two things in relation to batting. Watch the ball out of the hand. Yeah, when it comes to spinner, keep your head still and make sure in the first half an hour of your innings, you're playing the arc between mid-on and mid-off. Play straight. Play straight and keep your head still. Uh, Ian Healy, of course, uh, outstanding test player, wicketkeeper batsman for the Australian uh, cricket team in a different era and now, of course, part of SENQ Breakfast joins us on the program. Heels, thanks for your time. No worries, Pete. Yeah, that's a good idea, that. But, uh, you know, the modern player thinks, oh, it's a bit outdated. We do it this way. But surely, Heels, I was just saying, was an occupation of the <laughs> crease uh, the main reason for Australia in that second innings? Even if they etched out one run and over, they just needed to occupy the crease. Someone want, wanted to be out there as quick as possible the way they played uh, their cricket yesterday. Yeah, um, like grinding is tough, it, it, especially in the first session of that test. Every every day, the first session seemed a lot harder than the second two. Um, so the the real focus had to be on getting through the first session, uh, and and yet we just we lost nine wickets in the first session. So uh, yeah, I took a little leaf out of the Indian book how they chased down the 113. It was difficult for them as well, and and they were getting themselves out because. You'll get out to a good ball, every, you know, all the way along in those innings. So wh- while you're waiting to get out, you need to put some pressure back on the bowlers. And they did it with good footwork at times and watching something flighted out of the hand and coming at it. Um, and so, so that, they just they played with a little more intensity and technique um, and, and still they got out at 20 like we were getting out. They just got more 20s and a 74 by Akshar Patel than we did. We, when we weren't far off, but, gee, we were terrible to be mm. not far off. What's gone wrong, uh, Heels? Now, you've been part of very professional teams. There have been times in test matches where the Australian team was under the pump. Do you get together before the day's play, particularly when you're on tour, with your captain, maybe with your coach, maybe with a leadership group, and say, this is how we need to plan today? It just seems to be there was no planning yesterday. Uh, yeah, they might have been overplanned even. Um, I, I think um, it, it's got to come from within. You know, the best day that I've ever had in uh, my cricket career, we were that far behind on day two of a Port Elizabeth test match. And they were none, none for 100, 180 in front of us on the first innings at, with three days to go. And... We all found ourselves in the team room. So we all ran back or walked back from the ground. We didn't get the bus. We just took time out to ourselves probably. Who knows? We, we might have been hiding from the pressure a bit and trying to clear our heads. But down to the team room we were, and we looked around. Well, I know, we're all here. So what do you want to do tomorrow? And, and we had this impromptu meeting, and we just sort of said, well, we've just got to try to get them out as quickly as we can. And anyway, the next day, Gillespie gets nine for 70 or something. Mm. Like we, we got all their wickets and we, we had to chase 270 down uh, in the second innings to win. So, you know, it's got to come from within that they've got to want to do it. They've got to want to meet. 
They've got to want to talk to each other. To, to me, the, the top order were the ones that probably could have had a meeting, um, and I'm sure they probably did. And then they could influence the, the tail as to what they should do, depending on how we're going. You know, if Pat Cummins wants to slog that first pill, we, we better be 230 ahead, you know? Um, so so we, from a position of power, we, we turned it into a disaster. Yeah. They well, should have been quite excited yesterday. Yeah, exactly. So excited to do that job very well, and it didn't look like that. I just saw the Alan Border uh, documentary again on Fox, and yeah. you know you're featured, yeah, and good. and you look, it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and I just love the the pressure that he put on his players in a sense, yeah, you know, just everything. It was it was a it was a very very good team discipline that you had. You mentioned Pat Cummings uh, in relation to that shot yesterday. How do, how do you describe that? Why would somebody that is the leader of the team show that he just, for whatever reason, was mentally fragile yesterday with that shot? Yeah, yeah. It's just a natural reaction to some serious pressure. And he was foggy. He didn't have a clear plan going out there, obviously. And that's what he's got to do. He's got to... You know, he he sort of let his batting drift quite badly and he probably forgets he is a batsman um, and sort of only half blamed himself today too. He sort of said, well, I, I'm as much to blame as anyone. Yes, you are, mate. So uh, I just thought, yeah, that that's just a sign that I'm not sure what we should be doing out here. Yeah. Now, you're a proud Queenslander, but surely Matt Renshaw was given an opportunity and he hasn't taken it. Yeah, that's right. Um, and a tough opportunity too. Um, I hope he knew it was on. I hope he knew the selector's plans for him and he wasn't just thrown in, in, in at six or five for Travis Head without him get, having plenty of notice. But, um, yeah, yeah, he's been turned in half, hasn't he, uh, Renners? He, he was a block artist when he started at opening batsman and they said, oh, you don't hit the ball, you don't score fast enough. So he's taught himself to score fast and... And then he goes back in the top order, and then now he's batting at six for Australia on spinning wickets. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's hard work for him, um, but yeah, you yeah, know that 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 wasn't uh, too good, and that wasn't good enough. And and he's got a game that can hit down the ground, mm. so he just refused to play that way, even though he can, because the plan for him was to sweep. I'd say that's why he got picked in front of Travis Head, and that's why he got that's what he got told. You're in because you're brilliant at sweeping. You were brilliant at sweeping in the big bash, you know, on flat Australian wickets. So, like, he, he played very well uh, normal sweeps and reverse sweeps when the ball was bouncing consistently. But spin and low bounce, look out. So, uh, yeah, that, none of that has made sense. I think Cameron Green coming back will be in that Renshaw spot. Saying that, a lot of things have really been puzzling. Now, here on the West Coast... Ashton Agar was taken out of the decider or the BBL grand final, as we term it, to go to this spinning sort of camp before they went to yeah. India with Nathan Lyon and Todd Murphy and all that. And all of a sudden... Mitch Swepson. Correct. So Mick Swepson comes back home. Matthew Kuhneman, another uh, Queenslander, goes over there. And he did okay, given the opportunity. You know, he, yeah, he he's, okay, he's done his best. But where does this leave Ashton Agar? Yeah, you know, if I was Ashton Agar, do you say, mate, I don't think I'm required here. I'll go back to Perth and play Shield cricket for WA. 
Well, you, you, sh- you should be having that um, conversation with the selectors. But I've heard this afternoon that, no, no, we, may, we might need all that spinning depth over there. You see how quickly you can get injured, right? So, so it sounds like they're going to keep him there, even though he's been leapfrogged twice. Todd Murphy leapfrogged him into that mm. team because we really needed a bit more variety than just off-spin. And, and now Kuhneman has not only leapfrogged him, but they've had to fly him out to leapfrog him. So he does need to be home playing those last three matches for, for WA. So saying that, how do you get to that sort of situation where you take somebody and you played in that Sydney test? And OK, he didn't do that well, Ashton Agar. But all of a sudden, you know, Todd Murphy comes in and, as you said, Matthew Kuhneman comes in and gets flown out specifically. Isn't it all part of planning gone wrong? Or they didn't read the situation? Or does it stem from the fact that they didn't play a lead-up match before the first test? All of the above. So it's planning gone wrong. They planned for something they thought was going to be a bit easier than what they've encountered. And because they thought it was going to be a bit easier than what they've encountered, they didn't have two practice matches. You know, I think it's about now they're ready to play the first test. You know, if they had that, that last game was a practice match, you know, they could have a little disaster or two and a little wobble or two and a bowl, bowlers are getting used to the new ball that they've got a bowl in, in the conditions they've got a bowl it in. And now we're ready to go. We're ready to step up for the first test. Mm. But our first two practice games have been tests. And we see it every year, touring teams coming here to Australia. Their best test is the Sydney test. And it's just, that's, that's number four or five. So, you know, no one around the world is giving themselves a good chance of being a good tourist. Heels, uh, we have lost where well, we can't get the Border Gavaskar trophy. Uh, we can level the series. It is a four-test series. What do you do for the third test now? What changes, if you were the chairman of selectors, would you make? Um, right, because there's no there's, there's no guarantee. Because yeah, we'll get Dave Warner looks like he's going to fly back to Sydney because he's injured. So maybe his spot becomes vacant. As you mentioned, Cameron Green will possibly come back in. What else would you look at possibly doing? Um, I, I think it sounds. Let's say they're going to play on a similar wicket. It sounds like they're going to. It'll be a red colour this one again, which apparently plays a little differently to the the grey ones. But anyway. Um, so, so I think we could probably... Pat Cummins doesn't really have to come back. If his family issue is big, then I think Stark and Green can be our quicks. Uh, so, so that means Stark batting at eight. Um, and I think the spinners stay as they are. Uh, and Travis Head stays at, goes to open, stays in the opening position. And that's about all we need. So I've got I've got the openers saying Kawaja Head, Labashane Smith, um, Hanscom Green, Carey, uh, Stark. That's eight and mm. three spinners: yeah. Lyon Murphy and um, Kuhneman. Yeah. So we've just we've got to find some spinners that can hold the bat. I, I think Murphy might be able to, but he's going to take time uh, from. from Reports in the earlier days he was making some runs, so he may he may emerge um, in the next few years. But 
But, gee, we've got a long tail, haven't we? Mm. I've got Bo Casson coming on a bit later on, Heels. He's the uh, whacker. Oh, I thought you were putting him in the team. No, no. He's I thought the... you said, I've got Bo Casson in my 11. <laughs> he's, the, <laughs> he's the WA batting coach. And let me tell you, here's some names in the WA second 11 today that played. Uh, we've got Darcy Short. We've got uh, Cooper Connolly. We've got Josh Philippi, who made 161. We've got Ashton Turner, who was the captain of the Perth Scorchers, playing in a second 11, made 167. So all of a sudden, when you look at the batting depth of WA, it's quite extraordinary uh, After on the back end, of course, winning the Sheffield Shield and uh, winning the BBL. Yet uh, you've got the captain of our Perth Scorchers playing in a second 11, and Josh Philippi, who opened the batting for the Sydney Sixers, also batting in that second 11. They made big hundreds today. Oh, it sounds like a rot to me. Are they in the Western Australian First Eleven? No, they won't be playing yeah. the Shield game that starts tomorrow. They're not playing in the Shield. Oh, are they? they cannot get a spot okay. in the WA Shield uh, team that start, plays a Shield game tomorrow. How's that? Well, I think one of them might. Isn't I think they're flying Cam Bancroft over to India, aren't they? Oh, but it could be after the Shield game anyway. Where'd you so hear that? They got a ten-day break. Where'd you hear that? Oh, on uh, SEN, I reckon. It was uh, SEN somewhere in the car this evening. Ah, uh, so, so, okay. Uh, just be ready for that one. But but he, he doesn't have to rush over, I suppose. They've got 10 days. So, yes. um, uh, no, uh, yeah, they're, they're well, all... Well, maybe Josh Philippi needs to be... Well, Josh Philippi probably needs to be called up, possibly, if uh, Cam Bancroft is going to India. Yeah, he. well, I, I would have thought one of them will get a game for WA if, if Bancroft does go. Mm. So, yeah, no, that, that's good to see them both back in form. You know... Uh, Ashton Turner, I'd have him as uh, captain or vice captain of my Australian T20 side, mm. uh, and you know, uh, Philippi, you know, just should be making a lot more runs than he has been this year. Yeah, mate, Heels, it's a fantastic chatting to you. In fact, Roy has sent a text in. Heels, love your work on the SEN network. So even listen to you on SENQ. And that's Pat Welsh going now that he's uh, retired from Channel Seven after 47 <laughs> years. Yeah, he, he's going great. Um, he doesn't quite know what each day he's going to throw at him, but, <laughs> but he still seems to be emceeing way too many things for my life. <laughs> he's still working pretty hard. I, I want him to go down the pub or something, but yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, a worker. he's a worker, that's for sure. Good man, Hill. Thanks for joining us, mate, on uh, Sports Day here in Perth on WA. Appreciate your time. Okay, fellas, and thank Roy. Okay, Cheers. good on you. <laughs> 17 past five. Uh, there you go. Uh, some interesting comments here from Ian Healy about the Australian makeup. And it appears that Cam Bancroft, I reckon Heels has picked up the information. He reckons on the SN networks, but I reckon this hasn't dropped anywhere that Cam Bancroft, from all reports, has been called up to play for Australia. And uh, there is a 10 day break before the third test. And maybe he could be uh, there at the top of the order to replace. Dave Warner, who appears to be flying back to Australia because of that injury. We're going to take a break. Uh, you always hear news breaking first here on uh, Sports Day WA. Don't worry about that. We're all here for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento is happening. Give us a call on the uh, or give us a text on the temperate bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. We'll look at our top five at five next. Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer.
great to have you company. Uh, we're trying to ring around to confirm that we believe that Cameron Bancroft, according to Ian Healy, who is my uh, guest here on Sports Day WA, has uh, got the phone call that he needs to maybe now pack his bags and head to India for the third test, which means that David Warner, who is flying down due to injury, won't take part in the third test. You think that his tour is probably over, Dave Warner. He was struggling for form anyway. And Cam Bancroft looks like possibly being back in the Australian side, which will be a huge story after we then, what, 2018, uh, his fall from grace in Cape Town. And he's been working his way back. Uh, He's had a huge summer so far as far as runs, both in the short form of the game at Shield Cricket, and maybe Cam Bancroft is now being rewarded and could be back playing in the baggy green in the third test against India for Australia. As I said, we're trying to confirm it with the Wacker. They are a bit uh, quiet at the moment, but Ian Healy has just mentioned that here on this program on Sports Day WA and Heels. We can just throw that out. No doubt he's still pretty well connected inside the Australian cricket team. Uh, We'll try and double confirm that before the show is out. 24 past five as we get into the top five at five. All thanks to Novus. There's a Novus near you, 13-22-24. Okay, at number five, it is the Premier League. And last night, it was uh, Tottenham Hotspur who defeated West Ham by two goals to nil. The Hammers now are in the relegation zone. That's a great ball play through. Emerson Royale is in support. What a moment. What a goal. First blood to Tottenham in the derby from the most unlikely source. Well, there you go. That was number five. At number four, he returned. Carlos Alcaraz, who had to pull out of the very first Grand Slam, the Australian Open Tennis at Melbourne Park. He was the number one ranked player in the world, but succumbed to injury. As we know, Novak Djokovic took out the Australian Open men's singles title to go back to number one, uh, relegating Alcaraz to number two in the world. But the youngster from Spain was playing in the Argentinian Open and returned and returned with gusto by winning the title. He's done it fittingly with a drop shot. Alcaraz is back and firing on all cylinders. His first tournament of 2023 and he's won it. The seventh title of his career. And the world number two has announced his return to the tour. What a performance. He's put out the British number one and the second seed this week. And he's done so 6-3-7-5. Well, though, humiliated by Spain eight months ago, they were beaten 7-0 in June last year when fielding in somewhat experimental side, that was uh, the Matildas, but they uh, certainly returned with vengeance as they build up to the FIFA World Cup uh, in the middle of the year. And they defeated with some sweet revenge that the European heavyweights 3-2 in the Cup of Nations. Looking for an option. Courtney Vine on the right foot. 
Grealish. Going across again, Rasso. The cross in towards Kerr. We've got the initial header, now Polkinghorn, and that's two! Back-to-back -back goals for the record woman. Catley, in it comes, great ball, and this time it's three! Caitlin Ford! She just can't miss at the moment. And talk about a response. Australia three, Spain nil, 42nd minute. Yes, of course, Spain got a couple back to make it 3-2. How big will that FIFA Women's World Cup be here in Australia mid-year? You can already sense uh, the crowd at that game last night and it'll be a sellout uh, when they play their very first game at the Olympic Stadium, the Matildas there in Sydney. Coming in at number two in our top five at five and it goes to Pat Cummins, the Australian captain, for this unbelievable shot yesterday. Bullshit. Swings his balls! Knocked over. Tried to sweep. Winning it hard. Had his off stump bent back. Tunisia's on a hat trick. Australia is 7 for 95. They've lost 4 for none. And there have been wickets from the last three balls in this test match. And we're not long for this test match, Harsha Bogley. This is ending quickly. Did he get out after Jadija bowled the ball or did he get out in that tunnel while he was coming in to bat? He got out when Peter Hanscom walked past him and gave him that nod. It was too good for me. I don't know whether you were good enough to survive there. And one thing Australia knew they couldn't do on this tour, Harsha Bogley, is they couldn't panic at any point. They panicked. Like Adam said, this won't last for too long now. Yeah, that was a shot born out of panic. And Pat Cummins has gone first ball for a hike that did not travel a centimetre. Only as far as the stumps. And Australia have now lost four wickets on 95. It's looking so completely different from last night. Yeah, that no, was a disgraceful shot, really. Uh, to lose four wickets for no runs. Unbelievable. And at number one, it's been spoken about a lot today, and Darcy Moore who is yet to lead the Magpies in an AFL game, is already uh, tackling his first public scandal as Collingwood captain, but he's been forced to deny the club is a drug problem after Jack Ginevan was banned under the league's illicit drug policy. The media were out in force today as Jack Ginevan arrived at training. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, just obviously spoke on Saturday, so don't have much to say apart from everyone knows that I'm pretty sorry and uh, remorseful for the actions that I did. And... Uh, Ready to get to work today and uh, earn the trust back of the group. Uh, there you go. So that's Jack Ginevan just arriving there at uh, training today. And really, the young fellow certainly under a bit of a pressure, but seems to be handling himself pretty well. And uh, disappointing, certainly, for Carlton fans that he'd be out for the first uh, couple of... Uh, Collingwood fans for the first couple of games of the season. Just updating some other sport for you. Uh, Australia's Molly Picklam. Put that name down. Okay, put that name down alongside the likes maybe of Stephanie Gilmore and uh, Fitzgibbons, Sally Fitzgibbons. She's won her first World Surf League title, taking out the event at Hawaii Sunset Beach and will now share the yellow jersey with Carissa Moore, who's a giant of women's surfing, as the overall rankings leader. Competing in a first championship tour final, the 20-year-old from New South Wales won a thriller against American Caroline Marks with the Hurley Pro decider coming down to the wire. Congratulations to her. And Michael Hooper is refreshed and ready to retake the Wallabies' captaincy for this year's World Cup. 
if uh, that's what new coach Eddie Jones wants. As we know, last October, uh, in fact, August it was, Hooper shocked the rugby world when he flew home from Argentina on the eve of a test to take a mental health break from the game, declaring his mindset would allow him to fulfil his responsibilities as a player or captain. So he's back. All right, uh, coming up, we're going to speak to Bo Cass, and we're focusing on cricket today because yesterday was just unacceptable from a professional Australian cricket team. Uh, And, of course, uh, the sports update, all thanks to Novus. Don't let your old windscreen end up as landfill. Call Novus Glass 13 24 After the break, we're going to speak to Bo Casson, the WA batting coach, and we're going to talk about what he instructs professional cricketers and how they go about regarding technique when it comes to batting and whether now he needs to coach the reverse sweep or the ramp shot that he used in the short form of the game. Bo Casson comes up next. Welcome back to Sports Day WA. Hasn't there been a tsunami of criticism on the way the Australians batted in their second innings in Delhi yesterday? And most of the criticism has been levelled, of course, at their captain, Pat Cummings. Uh, We touched on it earlier with Ian Healy when he gave us a great review of the performance of the Australians, and it's been a trifle disappointing. But when I was a young fella growing up in Perth, And playing community cricket, I remember my batting coach always used to say, oh, my coach, we couldn't afford a bowling coach and a batting coach and a fielding coach, but our coach says, Peter, keep your head still and always play straight between mid-on and mid-off in the first maybe 30 minutes of your innings until you get your eye in. These days, particularly with three formats of the game, things seem so different when it comes to batting from those early days. Now, a man that's been the batting coach of WA Cricket is Bo Casson. And we're going to talk to him about technique and what he needs to coach now in 2023 from maybe when he was a young boy learning to play the game. I gather it's changed significantly. Bo, thanks for your time. Peter, thanks very much for having me. And, yeah, look, how long is a piece of string? It's going to be a good topic to sort of dive down and and get to the nuts and bolts. Okay, before we get underway, I know there's a lot of people down there at the Wacker absolutely singing your praises in relation to the work you're doing. Now, Jeff Marsh, we love Swampy. He's been part of the furniture at the Wacker as a player, as a coach, and still as a support coach uh, for many, many years. This is what he said about you on my program, Sports Day, a couple of weeks ago. Have a listen. There's so much hard work gone into Western Australian cricket from the day that Justin Langer walked into the Wacker and to what we've got now, there's been so much work and effort uh, by every single person. Adam Boges was there as, as Justin's uh, captain, and he's taken over from Justin. Magnificent job and all the support staff that are in now, they just work hard. And uh, and some of the support staff, Bo Cass and these guys, they just know the game so well. And um, he certainly, Bo Casson to me, is the best cricket coach since Bobby Simpson in, in, in teaching players the skill of the game. Well, there you go. Big rap from a great cricketer in his own right, Jeff Marsh, Bo. You certainly are. Look, very humbling, very embarrassed, um, but... Yeah, look, uh, Jeff's been amazing, not only for WA cricket, but for Australian cricket. And we're incredibly fortunate to have him as a, as a bit of a, a senior support coach to be able to help our uh, the rest of us to try and uh, better our craft. But, um, yeah, very kind words, and I'll, 
I'll be sure to buy him a beer or two just to, <laughs> to say thank you, which I'm sure, is, uh, as we know, is a good currency for Jeff. Unbelievable. Best coach is Bobby Simpson. That's going back a few years, let me tell you. There's been a lot in the meantime. Saying that, uh, I know there's a second 11 game being played today, and Josh Philippi and also Ashton Turner have scored big hundreds in Adelaide for the WA second 11, yet can't get into the Sheffield Shield team. A Shield game starts tomorrow. Bo, how deep is WA's batting depth? Uh, look, uh, Jeff nailed it. I think since Justin walked through the doors, he. He certainly uh, turned the corner for West Australian cricket in terms of the, the stuff he put into play. But we're reaping the benefits now of some... Um, one, we've got a, a very rich talent pool, uh, which we're very fortunate to have. Uh, but also the, the great thing that Adam Boges has done as head coach to, to continually build on that. Um, look, I think we're, we've got some, some great cricketers that, that have some really good basics and foundations that they've put into place, whether it be with their fathers, mothers families uh, or private coaches before they've got into our state squad. So, look, I'm very, very lucky to be able to... Well, we are all very lucky at the Wacker to be able to, to work with these players. And, look, we're just it's so pleasing to see when players don't don't get selected or are playing second level and they're not in the Shield squad, that they're, they're applying really healthy uh, pressure internally. Um, and as you know, there's healthy pressure internally. One, you're looking to, to help your teammates get better, but... It also shows you you can't take things for granted, and that's exactly what we've looked to try and enhance and, and, and embrace as a batting group. Um, so wonderful to see, particularly the way Ashton Turner and Josh Phillippe went about it today. They've been proactive. Josh Phillippe's 160 was only off about 110 balls. Um, the whole game's been going at five runs and over. So it's a big buzzword at the moment, buzzball, but maybe it's come across uh, into the West Australian cricket side. So mm. great to see them doing well. Well, at test level, England are playing that way at the moment with Brendan McCullum and, of course, uh, Stokesy. They're saying, let's get on the front foot and make sure the bowlers don't control us. And I saw the uh, test series against New Zealand. The test match just completed. It was unbelievable. They declared with about 300-plus and it wasn't even stumps on the first day. But let's get back to batting techniques now, Bo. We, we were horrified, really, with what we saw uh, yesterday from the Australian batting team. When survival, and there was so much play left in the test match, where occupation of the crease was paramount, it was just unthinkable, some of the shots that were played. Uh, what were your thoughts on seeing how some of the Australians were dismissed? Yeah, look, first of all, as a, a cricket lover, an Australian cricket lover, uh, uh, obviously very disappointed to see the result and see how some of these dismissals unfolded. But I think it also just gave validation to, to what pressure actually creates, whether it be players physically playing shots that they wouldn't like to do, but also I think mentally there's a little bit of a disintegration there when you're chasing the game or there's a lot of pressure applied on you from the opposition. I think that was certainly little byproducts of, of what was produced yesterday. Um, Probably from a batting side of things, I know they spoke about wanting to be proactive, take the game on, look to put the opposition under a bit of pressure with their, their best ball, I suppose, whether it be spin bowlers or fast bowlers. But, yeah, a little, little bit of a breakdown in terms of, I suppose, understanding the wicket, tempo of the game. Um, but first and foremost, I think you've really got to enjoy and trust your forward defence when you're playing on those sort of wickets. And it probably didn't look like that. And as I said, I think that's the byproduct of the pressure that the Indian spinners actually put uh, the Australians under. And, you know, let's hope coming into the third test match and Cameron Green fit, um, they can make amends for, for what they've actually done thus far. And I've no doubt they, they won't leave anything to chance. Um, but, yeah, we need to set a response because as cricket lovers, 
uh, we want to be playing great cricket over in India because it's important for Australian cricket to be strong. So saying that, you are the batting coach of the WACA and you've got young guys like Cooper Connolly who comes from Scarborough, 19 years of age. We saw him in the in the decider or the grand final uh, take the Perth Scorchers home. Now, he'd come back and come under your jurisdiction and no doubt he's keen to play all formats of the game. Tell us about basic technique. Is it still important in the makeup of a batsman that comes down and aspires to be elite and a first-class cricketer for a long time? Oh, no doubt. Uh, look, you have to look at, um, I suppose, A.B. de Villiers is probably the, the modern-day player that a lot of players look up to in terms of dominated test cricket and then actually just went away and played T20 cricket and showed that if he had a, a really strong basic base game, he could certainly open up the floodgates from there. And I think that, that rule certainly does apply. Um, there's no doubt there's new challenges for the modern-day player in terms of going between formats, the ability to be able to go from playing at the Gabba where it's a, a seeming swing-bowling-friendly swing wicket uh, where your technique and your forward defence and your defensive game is interrogated like no tomorrow. And then you go only at the end of that four-day game, two days later you're playing a one-day game where the wicket's quite conducive to batting, there's nice carry, um, and you've actually got to look to try and take the game on. But the fundamentals apply. You know, people have buzzwords, non-negotiables, fundamentals, basics. Um, I know you spoke about keeping your head still. That rule applies, but from a batting front, um, probably can't steer too far from if your head, hands and feet are working together, and that's a really basic outlook on it. I think it allows you to be able to expand your game from there and whether that be T20 cricket or one-day cricket, um, you've got the ability to be able to jump between the three formats and the challenge is for the modern-day player, can they do it with a, a flick of the switch or literally one day's um, preparation? Uh, and that's the way it looks like it seems to be evolving to me. So when you look at elegant batsmen, for me, and I remember seeing something yesterday, actually, just by chance, because the test match finished so early, they put on a feature about Brian Lara. Now, Brian Lara was exquisite, particularly uh, driving through the covers on the offside. And the other player that, to me, just used to caress the ball, it was beautiful to watch, another left-hander, was David Gower. Are there players like that around now at your level that can just seem to put no effort in shots and they get the maximum results? Yeah, we had Jeff speaking earlier. I think his son, Sean, epitomises that. Uh, I think if you ask any of the, the players around Australian cricket, who's one or two, the top three most elegant players, I think Sean certainly would be in most people's lists. And I think he epitomises his ability to be able to bat one, two or three, whether it be T20, 50 over cricket or, or red ball, um, shows that it's not always brute power. If you get your timing... So your head, hands and feet are moving at the same time and allowing you to caress the ball to the boundary. The likes of David Gow, that's why they were so good and that's why many people want to go watch Test Cricket because you, know, you didn't want to put down your, your cup of tea um, when those people were batting because purely they just made the game look like it was going in slow motion. I think, uh, unfortunately for Indian cricket side of things, I think uh, Sharma is a, probably a classic case of that. It looks like the game is in slow motion purely because everything's working in unison. Um, it's under hitting the ball, but as we've seen on the on the test coverage, it's been caressed over the boundary and, and through the field. So, yeah, look, Cooper Connolly, I think he's he's certainly got some ability to be very similar to, to Sean in the way he cover drives the ball. Um, but I think that's the, the modern... So the modern coach is, is, is constantly grappling with that because it is the shot face of our game, T20. 
Um, it's what a lot of the public get to see on TV. Um, but I think, as I said earlier, if, if we can continually upskill and, and work with the fingerprints that, that individuals have as a player um, and enhance their basics or their fundamentals, um, it allows them to be have the opportunity to be successful in all formats. And we want to produce Australian cricketers from Western Australia that play all three formats. That, that's mm-hmm. our main role. And we've seen in the 80s when WA cricket was strong. Um, that's going so. That's all I aim at the Wacker and coaching staff and endeavouring to do that with every training session. And just finally, Bo, being a very successful batting coach, and as we heard earlier, people certainly respecting what you're doing down there. So during the BBL, did you actually work with the batsmen to perfect the reverse sweep and the ramp shot as well? <laughs> yeah, I have this discussion a lot with my colleagues around how you go about I suppose that predicament that we're in, which is an important shot in T20 because it opens up parts of the field, but you only have to go to a, a cricket clinic at an under-10s or under-12s level, um, and all the kids, that's all they, that's all they want to play. They want to play a reverse sweep and and, uh, and all those sort of things. But um, being able to wrestle and understand and say, well, look, the importance of, as A.B. de Villiers, his whole game, he said, was based around the forward defence. Um, and this comes from a guy that used to be able to sweep the fast bowlers for six behind square. So... Um, yeah, look, we do we do practice it. It's more heavily focused on skill development side of things in pre-season. Um, and if we feel like we can get the mechanics right in pre-season, understanding the situation of the game from a tactical sense and why you play it, um, you still put the percentages in your favour to be able to, one, put pressure on the opposition, but more importantly, keep that run rate going in, in T20 cricket. But, um, yeah, look, they, they do a mountain of work in the off-season. And then during the season, we just like to retrieve some of that learnings that they've put into place over the pre-season so it just doesn't take as long to be able to call upon that information so yeah it's something that we're always continually trying to get better at and, and accelerating everyone's learning you know in our squad and as a coaching staff I think that's something we've uh, we've done really well over the recent time so hopefully it continues. Good on you mate lovely chatting to you Bo doing a great job and uh, we're really excited certainly here in Western Australia way our teams are performing and let's hope we can master another Sheffield Shield and make it back to back. Thanks for your time here this afternoon. Thanks Peter cheers. Bo Casson joining us uh, the Wacker cricket coach uh, batting coach I should say we'll be back more after the break here on Sports Day WA. On what's been a warm Monday in Perth and through the southwest, uh, thanks for joining us today on Sports Day WA. Wasn't Bo Casson very interesting, the uh, wacker batting coach, regarding the philosophies of batsmen these days and trying to, of course, get the best out of WA's batsmen in relation to the three formats of the game. Anyway, before I go, just for New Farm Australian through and through, let's have a look at Perth's weather for tomorrow. Another sunny day, not as warm as today. Our expected top tomorrow is 31 degrees, so 31 tomorrow, dropping to a low of 22 tonight. Very balmy night here in Perth. Uh, 29 degrees, a forecast top for your Wednesday. And for Bunbury, sunny and 30 tomorrow and 29 also on Wednesday. Thanks to Jimmy. Thanks to Lee for supporting the program tonight. We've been here for Kia. I'll be back again tomorrow from 5 o'clock right here on SENWA for Sports Day WA.